This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everyone? Happy Thanksgiving, dog fans. It's Luke Munger, joined by Jack McCauley, the interns at Dogman. Jack, how are you doing on this lovely Thanksgiving day? Oh, dude, it's been a it's been a heck of a day so far. Uh, just been hanging at home right now, watching some football. I actually got out and played uh, the annual McCauley Turkey Bowl Classic. Um, me and a couple cousins, we all live in the same neighborhood, so we just went down to the local high school, uh, played a little five on five. Good times. Let's go, dude. All right. If you had to compare yourself as a as a Turkey Bowl football player to a, a guy on the Husky roster, give me a, one guy on both sides of the ball. Okay. So we'll start out with defensive. Uh, I'd say Asa Turner. Um, I was playing. I was playing some free safety back there. Uh, two interceptions, one uh, tip ball for a tip. Uh, defense was defense was better than better than it usually is. So. Uh, Looked decent on defense. We still lost the game though, six to five. Couldn't get down and uh, score. But uh, offensively, I did have four of the five touchdowns for my team. So <laughs> <laughs> that was nice. Had a couple deep balls, and then uh, not to brag, but play the game. Doing a little crossing route over the middle. Um, we had trips left, and we all did like a crossing, like one deeper than the other. Uh, no one was open. Um, the guy on the right did a curl. Safety bit over him, so I I uh, cut back and then. Uh, over the top and uh, court, my quarterback threw me the ball a little overthrow falling back one in the catch first and goal let's go dude that's what I'm talking about was, Jack was repping, the, was repping the Husky team gloves too let's go yeah I was gonna say Jack is known for his track speed but showing off the hands as well uh, we love a nice little web gem from Jack in the Macaulay turkey bowl um sweet and Believe it or not, there's a more exciting football game to talk about than the Macaulay Turkey Bowl, and that is the Washington Huskies playing a Pac-12 game this weekend, not against the Cougs, obviously disappointing in that regard to miss the Apple Cup. Uh, but, Jack, the dogs uh, get to play Utah. Utah's coming up to Seattle, and I understand that you took a look at the Utah offense. Tell me a little bit about what you saw. Yeah, first off, though, I mean, going to be a great matchup. Primetime, 430, got uh... – Herbie and Fowler on the call, which will be awesome. But, yeah, this Utah offense, um, very interesting to say the least because, I mean, they've only played one game, obviously played USC last week, uh, lost 33-17. Weren't able to get the ball downfield that much. They got a field goal in their first drive. However, uh, their quarterback, Cam Rising, who uh, was the starter, uh, is out for the season now, uh, has shoulder injury in the second quarter. Uh, So that brought in South Carolina transfer Jake Bentley, uh, he came in for the rest of the game, didn't have the best outing, uh, completed 16 out of his 28 balls, did have two interceptions though. So it wasn't very on target. Uh, a little bit about Bentley, uh, obviously South Car- re- real experience, uh, played SEC, played for SEC, uh, South Carolina a couple years ago, but got beat out by a freshman, uh, Helinski. But anyway, got beat out by him. So he decided 
to transfer this year, went to Utah, uh, got beat out in the in camp by Cam Rising, came in, uh, obviously, against USC, didn't have the best performance. But, uh, yeah, he's not, he doesn't have the biggest arm in the world. Uh, so a little bit of a wobbly ball, not a bullet like we've seen from a lot of past Utah cornerbacks. Uh, I was talking to uh, my neighbor who uh, went to – he played football for Utah. I asked, you know, got, got some thoughts on him. What did he think? And he just said, man, and, like, he he's not a big fan of Bentley just because, really, a lot of Utah's patterns are out routes. So, you know, hitting the sidelines, just moving – trying to steadily move the chains, grind you out, and he can't really make that happen because he doesn't throw a hard ball. Um, and he thinks – and I, from what I saw on film, I think UW DBs could really take advantage of this. Um, I could see Trent McDuffie sagging off, you know, baiting him into throwing one just because uh, Bentley doesn't have the strongest arm, can make up some ground, go get the ball, a uh, little interception. But Utah, uh, Utah's strength is definitely on the ground. Uh, they returned four of their five offensive linemen. Obviously, we know what they did last year. They were the best uh, rushing team in the Pac-12. But they did have Zach Moss, and he's gone now. So they have a couple guys stepping up this year. Uh, it's more of a more of a uh, triple triple head or three-headed monster backfield they have going on there. Uh, Devin Brumfield, who have who I argue I think he's their best back, but he's used as more of their change of pace guy. Uh, he had five carries for 28 yards. Uh, Ty Jordan and Jordan Wilmore uh, are their two starters. It's kind of neck and neck for carries right there. Uh, Wilmore had 10 last game. Jordan had seven. Uh, Wilmore rushed for 38 yards. Uh, Jordan rushed for 32. They're not real bruisers like Zach Moss. You know, Zach Moss is really able to drag piles, bring guys along with him, gain that extra couple yards. They're not like that. They do fall forward most of the time, but they're not going to drag you out and they're not going to wear down a defense uh, like past Utah running backs have, like Devontae Booker, you know, Zach Moss, obviously. Um, so this is definitely their, I would say, the biggest key for the game is to establish a run game just because what we think is, you know, you, you does look really good against Arizona. And if they play like this again, Utah's pass game won't be effective at all just because of who they have at quarterback. Uh, their receivers are talented, but none, no big names. Uh, they do still have Britton Covey. Um, he's a junior. It feels like he's been there forever. Um, but he, he's dangerous. He can make you pay. But then again, Elijah Molden will be matched up on him. So it's like, all right, you know, I don't see him having just a monster game because of he is one of the best pack or one of the best corners in all of college football on him. Uh, outside of that, they have Samson Nakua. Uh, last name sounds a little familiar. That's probably because it's, he is the brother of Puka Nakua. He had a solid game against USC. He had a touchdown. Uh, I, if, if, if someone's going to be the red zone target, it's going to be him. A uh, real bigger guy. Uh, not as quick as uh, Nakua or Puka. Um, but definitely has great hands still, not as athletic, but can go up and get a ball. Brian Thompson's their bigger receiver, uh, probably biggest down the th field threat. He's 6'2", real burner, uh, had a couple big monster touchdowns last year, had a real important, crucial 40-yard bomb against Cal last season. Uh, Solomon Ennis, another guy to be aware of. He's, he's another guy that, you know, just going to gain 10 yards, but not a lot of targets. Same thing with Brant Cousy. Uh, both Solomon Ennis and Brant Cousy, very similar. Not going to get a ton of targets, but they make the most out of it. They're real consistent, make plays uh, down the field. They're not as explosive, but uh, they do. They can garner some attention, and when they do, that leaves guys like Britton Covey and Brian Thompson open. Uh, but yeah, not a whole lot uh, to expect from this Utah offense, just because they lost so much production. 
they didn't have a great starting game. I, I just have the feeling that they're still trying to find the rhythm. And it's just, you know, if they're still trying to find the rhythm going up against Hus- in Husky Stadium against a really talented secondary where they didn't have much time to prepare, it just seems like a tough, tough matchup for them. Um, you know, but if they are going to get going, it's going to be on the ground. I'm not saying they won't lose this game or, or they won't win this game. But if they are, it's an uphill battle for sure. If they are, it has to start with the ground. And I, if the guy to do that is going to be uh, Devin Brumfield, their change of pace back, I think I think he could have like some explosive runs. He might not get in much, but uh, more of like a Richard Newton kind of effect last game against Arizona where, you know, has a huge, has a couple big runs, you know, steady, steady, big, powerful run. That's what Brumfield is. He's real explosive. Um, and obviously, Utah does have an offense, a very good offensive line. So, uh, not a lot of pressure, um, hopefully, for them uh, will be allowed to. Uh, what's been a fantastic defensive line on the pass game with ZTF, uh, J- Josiah Bronson, a lot of guys over there. Awesome. Yeah, so you mentioned, obviously, Zach Moss, a former three-time 1,000-yard rusher for the Utes, no longer um, with Utah, obviously, playing in the NFL now. So they have kind of a committee of backs. Like you said, they weren't really able to get things going against USC, although they have an experienced offensive line. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess was there one thing that stood out about their inability to kind of get things going on the ground and what can Washington do to kind of uh, repeat that, I guess? I, I think it all starts with the linebackers, Edifon Ulofosio and Jack Sermon. Um, you know, the defense is obviously going to slow their offensive line down, but like you said, uh, very experienced offensive line. Uh, they've played together for a long time, so you expect them to have a pretty solid day. So you really need Edifon Ulofosio and Jack Sermon to, you know, wrap up and make sure that these guys don't advance past them because if they do that, it's going to be dangerous. You know, a lot of play action where you can see Bentley rolling out, and that's where he's most dangerous in my opinion. Uh, when he gets rolling out in play action, uh, I think he's real. I think that's where he's real good, you know, because he doesn't have the hardest ball, but he's able to loft it past some linebackers who are coming, who are trying to turn around and hit his receivers in stride. It's all about keeping him in the pocket, making him force throws that he's not comfortable with. Certainly. Yeah, and you mentioned some of the pass catchers for Utah. The Huskies, um, I guess, two games into their uh, 2020 campaign have limited opposing tight ends to, to just four receptions for 20 yards. Um, Utah has a pair of tight ends, Brant Queefe and, of course, Cole Fotheringham, who returned some experience, both of which have been effective pass catchers in the past. Um, is that something that could sneak up on the dogs, and how can they, I guess, counter against that group? Yeah, I think it's a very good group. Um, I think they'll be used a lot. Like I said, I think they're dangerous in play action and after Brant Queefe comes in. Um, like I said, not a real, not a burner uh, of a tight end like Hunter Bryant was, but he mm. has some size and he can really make the chains move. And he'll line up outside every now and then. But uh, I think he's most dominant in uh, play action, so it's real important for the dogs to not sink totally on the run, just because you know that's probably going to be their game plan coming in to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. So Ulafosio and Sermon really have to have their eyes up or on the quarterback, make sure what he's doing uh, in order to make sure. That Kuthi doesn't slip past them and gain a you know, 10, 15-yard gain. Certainly. And the Huskies obviously are a team uh, that, I don't know, have been a force defensively in the Pac-12 for quite some time uh, and, and have definitely a brand of football that they like to play. Uh, do you think you'll see anything different schematically against the Utah team, for example, that turned the ball over five times, um, have their backup quarterback, Jay Bentley, although he has started 33 games in his career under center uh, and kind of struggled in his debut. 
for the Utes. Uh, base, I mean, do you think that there will be anything different schematically, or do you think it will kind of be same old for the Dogs? I think I think they'll be a little bit different. You know, last year, uh, they and the year before that, they really loved to run the ball with Tyler Huntley, do a lot of read option stuff. Um, and I don't think we'll be seeing that as much as because uh, Bentley's legs aren't like Huntley. Huntley's a real mobile quarterback, and he's good mm-hmm. on the run. Uh, so I don't see Bentley being a huge factor uh, in, in that form, just because, you know, UW has had their fair share of difficulties with dual threat quarterbacks in the past. Uh, I see him just being more pocket, uh, you know, pocket passer, that sort of thing. But I do expect them to stick their traditional ground and pound formula. It's how they always won their big physical team. And I think that's what they're going to try and do. Certainly. Uh, and then lastly, Utah turned the ball over five times, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, is that something, I don't know, in your eyes, do you see that's something that's bound to just regress? Obviously, it's, I guess, a fluke to turn it over five times. And, and for that reason, will the averages bring it back to like a zero or one turnover game for the dogs or from the Huskies? Um, I don't know. Take advantage of a, a team that had a hard time holding on to it last weekend. Yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, I, I... I do think that's more just because, you know, first game of the season, a uh, couple quarterback switches and, you know, they both haven't played in a while, both transfers. Uh, and I think that's part of the reason. So I don't expect them obviously to reach the number five, but I do think Jet Bentley will throw some bad balls. And I, I, I think the Husky secondary is talented and experienced enough to take advantage of them uh, to make some plays on the ball. Uh, obviously UW has only had one interception this year and that's from Asa Turner. Uh, but I don't expect the defensive line to have the production they've had in the last couple of games, just because their uh, Utah offensive line is real experienced. So I don't expect any strip sacks, uh, stuff like that. I'm saying uh, I, I'd expect one or two interceptions, nothing crazy, maybe a fumble. Uh, you know, the running backs are a little more inexperienced. Don't have as, uh, aren't as great at holding onto the ball. I'd assume, you know, especially going up against a hard hitting secondary and linebacking backer group. So I'd say two turnovers, is probably the max, maybe what we'll see. Not ah, not max, but I think that's what you have to expect. You can't expect for five. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, wonderful. Sweet. Now I'll hop on here and kind of explain what I saw in the Utah defense. So surprisingly, uh, or I guess unsurprisingly, the Utes have been kind of a defensive force in the Pac-12 for the past few years. However, they have a pretty new group. They have just four starters returning with more than 10 starts in their career. Um, And starting up front, Mika Tafua is a defensive lineman that is a real talent for the Utes and uh, could, I guess, be a factor up front. Um, yeah, and then just kind of looking, I, I guess, like what you're used to from defense in terms of size, you will see that from Utah as well. Um, they have another guy up there, Devin Kalfusi, who's a BYU transfer that had a fantastic debut for the Utes. He's 6'7", 270 pounds, uh, so he's long and lean. He's quick enough to get by. Uh, opposing defensive linemen, but also has the long arms that he can use to disengage opposing blockers. He had two TFL uh, and a strip sack. He also batted a pass down. Um, so that's another thing to consider. Uh, the strength of this Utah defense, though, is their linebacking core for sure. Devin Lloyd and Nephi Sewell 
are two dynamic playmakers at linebacker. Uh, they have each in their career started 15 and 21 games respectively. Uh, Lloyd is kind of a guy they do everything with. He had 11 tackles for a loss and six and a half sacks last year. Uh, so he's capable of making plays against the run, but they also use him to pass rush a lot. We'll, that, we'll call his name quite a bit on blitzes. Uh, while Nephi Sewell is kind of that rover linebacker for them, he can go sideline to sideline. And he, uh, in his 2020 debut, had a fumble recovery for a touchdown and an interception. Uh, so he's a guy that's everywhere as well. Those two are really the strength of this defense for Utah. Uh, but the secondary is extremely young. They had five guys make their first college starts last week. Um, you look at a guy like Clark Phillips, a, a former top 100 recruit. He's a true freshman for Utah, and, and he had a pretty solid debut. Uh, he made actually a couple of great plays in the run game, but he uh, gambled a little bit, I thought, on, on a couple of passes, uh, trying to either time it and, and kind of jump it and knock a pass away or, or try to come up and lay a big hit on a receiver and for that reason miss uh, lose contain and then allow a short pass to go for a long gain. Uh, obviously, he's super talented, but the Huskies might look to go his way early. Jatravius Broughton is another corner that made his first start last weekend. Um, so I, I guess what you're going to see from this Utah defense in, in short is a big physical defensive line and great linebacker play like you're used to. If the Huskies are able to establish the run somehow against that group, uh, which is difficult to do, USC averaged just over three yards a carry against Utah. But if the Huskies can keep the sticks moving uh, on the run, they will be able to take advantage of a young secondary uh, and I, I could see a big Dylan Morris breakout here if the Huskies are able to get the run established early and let him kind of fling it over or all over the yard like he started to a little bit against Arizona. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, like you said, you know, a lot of new faces in the Utah secondary. Uh, what do you think Utah secondary, I guess, has to do in order to limit the Huskies wide receivers? Because they did have a big game last week against Arizona. Is there something in particular you think they have to do and if they want to keep this game uh, close and ultimately pull out a win. Yeah, I think what Utah has to do is keep Washington's receivers in front of them. Um, they had a couple of missed tackles against USC, as I mentioned. If they're able to keep like, the likes of Terrell Bynum and Pukunakua, who are dynamic playmakers after the catch, in front and wrap up, limit short uh, passes to short gains rather than letting them break off for an additional 10, 15 yards after the catch, that'll be huge for the Utes. Um, the Huskies haven't been able to dial in the long ball yet. I, I think that Utah will try to do what they can to, I, I guess, force Washington to get their passing yards in chunks. Um, but like you said, Jack, th this was Utah's first game last week. You saw that translate to turnover problems on offense. Defense, especially in the secondary, I thought there were some tackling problems that they'll need to clean up to keep Washington, uh, I, I guess, uh, at bay offensively, especially through the air. Uh, Scheme-wise, what do you think Washington will do? Yeah, Washington, I think, will be – I think you'll see kind of a blend of what you saw against Oregon State and against Arizona. I, I think you'll see a lot of kind of eye formation early on. I, I think they'll try to run the ball early and often with Richard Newton and Kamari Pleasant, a couple of their more physical backs, um, and try to soften up that Utah defense. It, it'll be really essential that Washington doesn't take any or negative plays offensively. Utah was able to force 10 TFL against USC last weekend. Um, so I think Washington will kind of run it between the tackles early, make it so they aren't necessarily, even if they aren't picking up six, seven yards of pop, they're not getting tackled in the backfield on like a sweep or a, a stretch play to the outside or something like that. 
Uh, and then after that, I think Washington will do what they can to get Dylan Morris mobile, whether that's kind of a play action bootleg or moving the pocket for him a little bit to extend the play, make that young secondary, keep Washington's receivers covered for a while. And I also wouldn't be surprised to see Washington uh, who started to, I don't know, there are a couple of deep balls that, that Dylan Morris uh, put in a catchable spot for uh, Washington's receivers, specifically Jalen McMillan, had a couple uh, a couple catchable deep balls. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Huskies try to connect on those. And I think Jalen McMillan will score his first collegiate touchdown on a deep ball this weekend. I, I wrote that in my prediction, too. I think he's going to be able to get by uh, one of Utah's cornerbacks and beat him for a deep ball. I said 50-yarder. I don't know if we'll be that deep, but uh, nonetheless, UW did have their best game offensively last week against Arizona, really had a big coming out party. And one of the guys who was a big, who made a big impact was tight end Kate Otten, who had 10 catches for hundred mm-hmm. yards and a touchdown. Do you think they're going to still try and get the ball to him? Uh, a lot? Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely do think that they will try to look Kate Otten's way early and often. Again, across the entire secondary, they have new faces. Um, so I think Washington will go to one of their more reliable targets in Kate Otten let him kind of continue to move the chains. Kate Otten broke away for a kind of a long touchdown pass, and he also had a long target over the middle. Uh, so he, he had a couple of long catches, but I think what you'll see a lot of against Utah is kind of those six, seven-yard sits, just kind of keep picking up small chunks of yardage, and he'll be kind of the security blanket for Dylan Morris against the young secondary. Great. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. Uh, U- UW's offense, obviously – Real strong. Uh, looking in the last last week, uh, do you think Sean, Sean McGrew will be a big presence this game? Yeah, I mean, I think they'll mix Sean McGrew in, uh, like somewhere between seven and ten carries. He's a guy that I think is Washington's biggest. Him and Cameron Davis are the home run threat, home run threats for uh, Washington. And then another thing is Sean McGrew is a really effective runner between the tackles, which is surprising. He's not the biggest guy in the world. Um, but he's able to kind of hide behind that physical offensive line. So I, I think Sean McGrew will be uh, a, a factor early. I, I do think, however, that uh, you'll need the likes of Richard Newton and Kamari Pleasant early um, to kind of match the physicality that you'll see from Devin Lloyd and Nephi Sewell in the middle for Utah. Um, so I, I do think he'll be a factor, but I, I would have to guess that Kamari Pleasant or Richard Newton will lead the way in carries. Uh, before we move on to our conference, confidence interval give us a key what utah has to do in order if they want to win yeah i think if utah wants to win this game um they will have to first of all on offense take care of the ball um i mean they hung with usc and they limited usc to 350-ish yards of offense when usc was averaging over 500 going into it uh and 13 of the 33 points they allowed came off of their five turnovers uh, so I think if they're able to limit the ball, they can keep Washington in the 20s offensively. Uh, yeah, so I, I think that's a big thing for their offense, just not give it away to Washington. On the defensive side, I think that tackling, and again, that's something that you expect to improve going into the second game. Um, just making sure that short plays kind of in front of you don't turn into big ones. They, they did a good job, I thought, of letting kind of USC's air raid do its thing, like short passes, short gains and then kind of well up in the red zone. But a couple of missed assignments led to big plays for USC. Um, So, yeah, just kind of cleaning up turnovers and tackles, which unfortunately for Husky fans, uh, you'd expect Utah to do going into their second game. I think it will be a little tougher 
but uh, going into the kind of the confidence interval question, my, my confidence interval for the dogs in this one is seven. I think this is one they should take care of. It's historically a close matchup, but I think with so many new faces on the Utah sideline, I think Washington has the edge in this one. Same to you, uh, Jack. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think Washington has the edge going into this one for sure. They've had a great game last week against Arizona. Their momentum and their heart is definitely there. I think Jimmy Lake has fired up for these guys and I expect that energy to keep going. Uh, my confidence interval is going to be 7.1 just because I want to be that guy. and uh, <laughs> Just a little higher than mine. Just a little higher than yours. So, yeah, I'm going to say a 7.1. I think the dogs will take care of business. I expect them to score some points, force a couple turnovers, though. The one thing I don't think they can do is give away the ball just because Utah's offense isn't prone to moving the ball that fast down the field, especially this year. So you can't, you know, give a ball, give up the ball deep in your own, uh, on your, on your, on like your side of the 50. Certainly. Yes. Washington zero turnovers so far through two games would be impressive if they can keep that going. Um, awesome. Well, thanks Jack. I appreciate you hopping on here on Thanksgiving. Uh, Husky fans, we're excited for Saturday. I hope you listen to this. And then obviously uh, just keep your eyes on dogman.com for the rest of the week for all news related to Husky football and Husky hoops. Go dogs.